Hi, I'm Sherry Lee Myers. This is Angel Lady Movie Talk. We talk about some of the issues that are buried deep within our script or maybe not so deep. One obvious issue that we have in our script is the issue of food scarcity and poverty. And that is addressed in the script by the presence of a community fridge in front of Doña Maria's house. And you will see it on screen. You will not see it referred to, You will, but you will see people coming and going, putting food in and taking food out. And we do the same thing here in New Orleans with some of the most wonderful people in the world. I am really blessed to be part of this community and part of this effort to feed our fellow neighbors who um, are less fortunate. And I will be speaking with my fellow cooks about it, and we will be talking about the ways that it affects the community and it affects us. Some of the people that we'll be talking to have been with the Fridge Project for a couple of years, and some are new, and that's cool because we're going to be getting all kinds of different perspectives, and I hope inspiration so that you consider can consider what a community fridge project could look like in your town okay so thank you thank you thank you for joining us what drew me to the community fridge project was my mother's inspiration and my mother was uh grew up in the depression of she was when the pandemic blew up and people were now in line waiting to receive extra groceries and she saw it on tv this is just at the end of her time here on earth and she was watching the tv and she was so worried that people would have enough to eat what will happen with those people then when i returned back to new orleans i was able to become inspired by this small group of people who were cooking meals and putting them into this community fridge. And I did that in honor of my mother and started to do it on a regular basis once a week. And it became part therapy. It became part um, just a way to get my head out of my ass and do something tangible to help people. I met enormously gifted, talented, generous, joyous cooks who were able to share their experiences and some of their produce and their recipes. And we've gotten together, we've become friends and we work together. This group that is now more, maybe as many as a dozen cooks and a couple of different runners and a number of different uh, donors and restaurants and the food comes in, gets distributed and the food goes out. And it is a, it is a, it is a great blessing in my life. And for me to be able to spread that joy and to spread that abundance and to spread that community and to help build that community and strengthen that community in my, from my kitchen and makes a huge difference in my life and brings me so much joy because I am an activist and I passionately want to give back and to make a difference. 
And this is how I can make a difference every day. Uh, and I can support people who are cooking and then I can cook myself. And then the people who are eating, I know, need to eat. And there's nothing more simple um, than that. I'm Maria Vivendor-Hayes. Yeah. I live here with my family, um, my husband and three kids uh, here in New Orleans, Louisiana. And one of the reasons why I decided to uh, help out with the community fridges here is that uh, growing up, I've always just been surrounded by food and the importance of what it meant to my family, as in, you know, food really symbolizes love and gathering and care yeah. for people from all over. And so I I guess it's a great advantage that I don't know how to cook for just a small portion, yeah. but I know that most of the time I cook large portions. And I figured that one of the best ways to spread the love and help mm -hmm. my community is through food and cooking. And so I decided, why not? Let's put let's put that energy out there and contribute to those who need a nutritious and healthy and delicious meal. You have three kids. How do you manage it? I'm a wife and I also own my own business. So it's just, there's a lot going on. But again, when I am intentional about the things that I plan to do, yeah. I definitely am someone that keeps those, um, those commitments and the promise to, to deliver. And Maria, have you been able to get um, help and support from the community of the fridge cooks? Absolutely. Everyone is so generous. It's just amazing how much people are willing to provide and give and collaborate and really make it work for the community. And it's just, it definitely takes a village. Not one person, it, it's not just one person. It's everybody contributing in a way that just I don't know. It just flows with like really amazing energy and love. And that's why I don't know how else to describe it, but everyone is willing to pitch in mm -hmm. and, you know, folks, you know, pick up food, drop off food, drop off ingredients, pick up ingredients, divide and conquer uh, in a way that just is so organic, yeah. at least from what I've observed. Yeah. And it's just so there's a lot of love from the people in the community to just give back to their neighbors. Uh, and so it's really cool to see and be a part of. Is there something that you would like people who have no experience with a community fridge, is there something you'd like them to understand? What would you offer as advice? My advice definitely is whatever you might think what it means to have a community fridge, like whatever perhaps any preconceived notions of what it means to do this for the community all I say is actually put those aside and just think that you are cooking for your family. Mm -hmm. Because when we think about mutual aid and community, it's for everyone and anyone. And the reason why I say this is that if we had community fridges over 10 years ago, that would have been so helpful to me as at that time I was a single mom and I didn't think I was going to be single mom. And unfortunately, that was the situation for me. And I remember after having my baby, um, I 
I just didn't have the means to even provide for myself. And I never thought I would ever be in that situation where I did end up having to ask close friends. Uh, My family didn't live nearby. Uh, And so I think about the moment of when I was most vulnerable and I thought, oh gosh, I have to make this hard decision of, do I feed my baby or do I feed myself? Like, how is this going to work? And I just think about that, that there's all sorts of life out there and people come from all walks of life and we can't make those judgments of that. It's just for those who are impoverished or those who are just getting by. It's for everyone because I, I just can't imagine, or I can't imagine like how I would have felt if I had this available to me at the time. And so since it wasn't, I just think about giving back in a way that is just out of love and compassion for people and not because someone doesn't have something. It's just, that's why I advise people to just think about it as like you were cooking for your family and you know that you would make the most nutritious and delicious food. Um, And it's just great that you get to touch many lives in a really great way through the community fridge. My next uh, cook that we're going to be talking to is, exemplifies everything that's so great about this experience. Um, Mike Boyle, I believe it might have been you who introduced me to the community fridges because for as long as I've been cooking, there's been you. There you are, you're in New Orleans, a little bit about your background and what drew you to working with the community fridge project. Sure. Um, My background is a nonprofit fundraising and management yeah. uh, for I guess, the past 30 years. Um, but I guess what drew me to the fridge project is the onset of the pandemic. You, re- you know, New Orleans is a service-based economy, a gig-based yeah. economy. And people around the city were losing jobs, losing their hours on their jobs, tips evaporated, um, and food prices were going up. And people were having to make some really hard decisions. And I, I read about the fridges, I guess, on Facebook. I guess I saw it at one point. And my wife and I decided that we, you know, we needed to do something. And the problem always is, you know, I guess my experience with nonprofits is if you look at the total problem, you're going to be intimidated because no one person is going to cure hunger. Yeah. But if you can feed a family or two or three or whatever it is, then you're making a difference, at least for those two, three or four families. And that's what we decided to do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a question of, you know, there, there, there's a saying that is, you know, if not me, who then, and if not now, when then, and if you have the ability to do something like that, then do it because you, you, you shouldn't wait for somebody else to step up. And I, yeah, as as we've gone along and have, have put food out there in the, you know, I've taken pictures of it and I've posted it on, on social media and it's not, you know, in search of cats on the back, but I want to show people how easy it is yeah. to positively impact lives and to making a real difference. I mean, it's a difference between a family going hungry. And I think by the time now we're, we're at a point where I bet the group of us that are cooking for that one fridge probably are supplying or 300 meals a week and it's it's just stunning and it's making a real difference for people 
What's what are the what are the conversations you have at the fridge? Every single person has been incredibly grateful for what we're doing, and you know, I, you know, I've had people come up and say, you know, that they'd lost their job as a waitress or a waiter, and this is what's keeping their family going right now, or they wouldn't be they wouldn't be eating that night, or that they're taking food to their their next door neighbor who you know has a disability. Um, that, although I, I will say the funniest one was that somebody said that the, the red beans that we made needed more salt, which I thought was <laughs> fabulous. Um, but everybody is just grateful. And they're, they're, you know, during the height of the pandemic, when I was filling the fridge with a mask on and everything, everybody would, would stand back and wait until I was done. Uh, and I would, you know, I would hand out food and I'd tell people to take as much as they want. And they, they'd only want one or two things and they'd leave the rest. And I asked people what they would like to see in the fridge. And it's, you know, it's fruit, mm-hmm. it's bottles of water. It's, yeah. it's just, it's, you know, and every once in a while I'll do, I'll do fun stuff. I mean, I, I enjoy cooking, so I'll, I'll do breakfast items. Oh, you know, yes. Especially when, when school kids aren't getting breakfast in school, you know, I'll do muffins. I'll get the, you know, the little single serve cereals. I'll get shelf stable milk and I'll fill it full of breakfast items. Um, you know, it's just a, a, whatever it takes. Another, another cook, Maria was talking about the organic nature of how the give and take, but I, you've been so instrumental in finding donations and providing donations. Can you drill down a little bit and, and give us a vision of what it might look like on a typical week in terms of donations and uh, supply? And, sure. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of it comes from those posting of, of what we're all doing and people come to realize that, you know, I might not have time to cook, but I can go out and buy a couple more chickens or I can buy some food and these people will come by and pick it up and cook it. And, you know, I can participate that way. It's just getting it, the information out there in front of people that, that they can be a part of, of something really special. You know, there, there's, there's the old saying that, Everybody talks about the weather, but nobody ever does anything about it. <laughs> well, you know, food food insecurity, you know, people, families facing, are facing a storm. And if, if you can do something, you really are changing the weather, for, at least for just one family one day. And, I mean, that makes a real difference. Yeah. And I think our job as, as the fridge cooks and as, you know, why we like to, to – to put that out there is as we want people to know that they can, they can be part of the solution and they can help people easily without, you know, taking a full day to, to cook 30 quarts of red beans and rice. Food scarcity is a real issue. I mean, there, there's, there's limited access. If somebody has a disability, it doesn't have a vehicle, right. You know, limited income. It's, it's a real problem. There are, you know, obviously there are a lot of us that, that don't have that issue, but are don't know how to get involved other than, you know, making a donation once in a while to a, a group. Yeah. But, you know, this is on a, a on, for lack of a better, at a street level. I mean, you're touching people's lives, their hands on a, on a daily basis. And that's the real power of, of what we're doing, I think, okay. is that it's really impacting lives daily. It's not, you know, I don't want people to be intimidated by the size of the problem. And I, I want people to realize that the smallest bit of, of 
participation can make a huge difference in the long run. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the difference it makes in your life? Um, well, um, I enjoy cooking and I like to participate. I want to be, uh, you know, I, I want to feel like what I do makes a difference. And I think this is the most visceral way I could possibly do it. You know, we do our, you know, like everybody else, we do donations and everything all, yeah. all over the place. But this is, this is in your face, you know, day in, day out, you're changing people's lives. You're making their lives better. And I think that's something you don't see in a lot of, in a lot of giving opportunities, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, I think we are, we're able to really touch people every single day. And I think that makes a great deal of difference. That's why it appeals to me. Yeah. Um, I, I can't thank you enough for being such a leader um, with the, the fridge and uh, for coming on and talking to us about, you know, what, what, Whatever I've given to the fridge, I've gotten back a hundredfold. Ah, it's a great thing to say. That's a great <laughs> thing to say. I agree. I feel absolutely the same way. That's the one of the great reasons why I want to inspire my my friends to look at a way to find a way to make it happen in their communities is because it's such a joy. The key is to not be intimidated by the scope of the problem. Yeah. And just realize that you can make a difference. To, if it's just one person, you're making a difference. Yeah. Because it is one person. We are, we're our brother's keepers. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Hi, Sherry. This is Sandy. Hi, Sandy. I got involved because I just started noticing in the Irish Channel Facebook page that yeah. people were filling the fridge. And so I was curious what that was about. I enjoy cooking uh, in bulk because Walter and I both worked for, or we volunteered for the North Brooklyn Angels in Brooklyn, and we would make a lot of food for homeless people. Um, so we we knew how to cook in bulk. We have the resources, and we enjoy helping this community. So that's why we got involved. And I was volunteering at Sincofa who gives food boxes to Lower Ninth Ward uh, community members. And so I just have always been interested in food insecurity. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm Walter. I'm originally from the Netherlands, hence the weird name. And some people say Wouter, some people say Walter. Uh, that doesn't <laughs> really matter. Um, but yeah, I mainly got involved because Sandy got involved. So she's, she's always been very, um, like, very involved in, in, as she mentioned, things when we used to live in Brooklyn uh, for North Brooklyn Angels. And when we moved here, um, yeah, she volunteered for Sankofa and then like got interested in the, in the third street uh, food fridge. And I, I help out and I just, you know, whenever we need to do something together, we do that. Mm -hmm. Well, then tell me, can you give me an example of how you do contribute on one particular week? I'd like people to know what that looks like from your kitchen. I think it's through the communication of the Facebook group. We're starting to identify what days need the most food or when it needs the most food. But mm -hmm. sometimes it also depends on how schedule our schedule and how busy we are and what our backstock is. So what we have to cook with, what we see in the store. I try to grab extra baby items or tampons or soaps or whatever. And then we just kind of stockpile until we have time. And then I coordinate with Walter. I usually start cooking around three or four in the evening. He gets off work between five and six. And then he does 
does all the packaging and labeling. Um, my handwriting is terrible. We want people to know what they're eating. So we <laughs> do all the labeling and we go over, we kind of make an event because there's two little free libraries. So I bring a box of books. So we not oh. only are we dropping off food, but we're also filling up the libraries if they need it. So we, we just make it kind of an evening. Sometimes we grab a drink after or yeah. You know, um, but we also have, I just want to, I don't know if you're going to ask this question, but we have run into people waiting at the fridge and the saddest was, you know, mom was waiting with maybe like her eight-year-old son. And that just really sealed the deal for us that we needed to continue to do this and try to do it weekly. And there are people who depend on this, on the, on the fridge. Were you surprised to see her there? I was because it's yeah. not predictable when food will be put in there and who's going to be bringing what kind of food. Maybe it's something she doesn't eat. I don't know. Or maybe you're so hungry. You just eat what you get, but it was sad. It was kind of drizzling that day too. And you don't know how long they've been waiting. And she was very polite and sweet and waited until we were done. And um, we ran into one guy, he, he didn't even wait until we were done. And he just started stuck, you know, putting stuff into his bags and whatever. And, and he was just very like, I think just, he had, he's probably living in poverty and just wanted to stockpile as much as he could. So you're going to meet all kinds of people and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, we don't care if anybody is working and they still want a meal. We just want to be able to help our community. What was it in your heart that prompted this particular path? I don't, for me, it, it's, you know, food has always been, been sort of part of at least my life. Mm -hmm. Um, like my 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 grandparents I come from a like large catholic family back in the day and mm -hmm. there was always like food and drinks when when we used to visit my 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 grandparents in the on Sundays after church um and then like later in life my my mom my parents had divorced my mom was pretty was very poor um mm -hmm. so we didn't have that much money so I I used to cook as a kid so I had to we had to cook me and my sister were about like 11 years old and my mom had to work and we had to cook so I learned how to cook early on um and that sort of continued on and we when we met we both like to cook so mm -hmm. that's been sort of a theme we we love food in general <laughs> um mm -hmm. but um yeah when we started doing this it just felt really good to be like part of a community and helping out but also yeah cooking together and for for us, we mostly cook specifically for the fridge. It's not often that it's we just cook too much and we put it in the fridge. We actually set out to like cook a specific meal. Yeah, we rarely eat what we cook. I mean, we taste what we eat so yeah. that we know that it's flavorful or not too salty. There's things <laughs> that we, we learned through the North Brooklyn Angels. You know, they had professional chefs in there teaching people how to make food, these constant uh, turnover of volunteers, but to cut the, the meat small because not everybody has teeth and not to oversalt the food because some people have hypertension or diabetes or whatever so we um yeah we we really say what we any leftovers that haven't been touched obviously by our mouths we freeze we label and freeze we are constantly just thinking of, of new meals to make too and that's why we really love that you form these groups because people are sharing recipes and you know I didn't even think about making turkey soup yeah that's one of the easiest things to do with a turkey and somebody I think Peggy mentioned making turkey soup but it's just like const these constant inspirations um but my family they didn't have a lot of money they didn't have a a lot of gatherings but they did what they could to help others and were always giving so I always found that really nice with my parents who never had a lot of money they always were trying to give 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 yeah so yeah 
Yeah. Wow. That feels good. <laughs> it does feel really good. Yes, I agree. That's, that's the biggest reason when we drop off food or supplies or whatever, we always feel really good pulling away. What, what would uh, each of you would like people to know about cooking for the community fridge or the community fridge project? What, what would you like people to know that it's, I, I would say that it's easier than you would expect. Um, I think our first time cooking here at home mm -hmm. was like, it felt like a lot and, and that it, we spend a lot of time, but it gets much easier over time. At some point, it's like we, we whip something up, we like package it, it's done in like 45 minutes or an hour, obviously depending on the meal, but mm -hmm. um, it's actually like pretty easy to, to, to help the community. And it, it's actually something that matters, right? Like it's people being hungry. Like that's yeah. not, it's like a basic, a basic need that we, we like to help fulfill for people. It's not helping out with luxury or anything. It's just basic needs. And that's, it, it's good. It feels good, but it's also really sad that it's necessary in a way. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because you might think, well, I mean, they have food donation you know, I mean, there's places and there's organizations that help people and give them food. Why do we need a community fridge? I would say it's not always, it's not just having food, right? Like it's, it's, it's an actual cooked meal. And I think that's a difference oh. from, from, oh, uh, you know, there's a pack of rice and uh, like a jar of tomatoes or something. And just like handing that out, obviously that helps, right? Like that helps people. But I think this, this goes a little further where, we actually try to, you know, yeah, try to give people an actual meal and that they sometimes it's even still warm when what, what Sandy just mentioned, like mm -hmm. sometimes it's even warm when people stand there and wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a different thing. It, it, it's a, it's, it's, I feel it's nicer for people to just receive a full meal or yeah, a, a cooked meal rather than, than, okay, here's a bunch of ingredients and, and mm -hmm. luck. Because mm -hmm. some, sometimes not people don't, there are folks here in, in, in the city that don't have electricity, um, which is very, very sad. But yeah, how are you going to cook without electricity or without gas or without mm -hmm. running water? That's yeah. good question. Um, yeah. Or, or they don't have a home. Or they don't have a home. Yeah, exactly. Like if you live under the bridge, it's really, really hard to, you know, put something together. Yeah. I think for me, just having a multiple fridges now, but uh, a place where you could bring your leftovers or your bulk products or um, like today, for instance, Del Fuego, the restaurant, they unloaded their, their remaining supplies into the fridge, which they did very professionally. It was so beautiful. They just didn't slap stuff in there. They really cared. So people have options and they can like, maybe they're allergic to onions. Okay. Well, I'm just going to take the avocado salsa or whatever, but just, just knowing there's a place we can take extra food and somebody will be able to repurpose it is really important to me. And one of the reasons why we continue, one of the many reasons why we continue to fill a fridge. Mm -hmm. Anything else that occurs to you that you would like people to know about the fridge project? I would say that it's so easy to participate. Okay. Like there's, there's Facebook and 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 we have we have groups and I'm sure you with with this recording a podcast uh, get the word out and if people want to contribute just like get in touch um, and just start cooking and 
we don't like i think that was just mentioned earlier that it doesn't always have to be like one person cooks a day or like there's seven days in a week but mm -hmm. there's it's it's insane how quick the fridge empties after we fill it up yes, it, it there's there's more demand than 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 what we could supply for um so there's you know like if we put a meal in that's one meal right again mm -hmm. most people will like to eat like two or three meals a day so yeah. there's there's always room for people to cook and get involved and um yeah i feel that there's no yeah we're, we're, we're definitely not there yet there's, there's so many people in need mm -hmm. i um, think it's people should know it doesn't have to be super fancy it's not sushi caviars <laughs> stuff like that it can be peanut butter and jelly sandwich that's so yeah. it's the memories of your mom or dad making that up you get you know a school and that's the same memory for somebody who's really hungry that can swing by, swing by the fridge and find something it's a little surprise each time they open the door but also you know people should know that um in this group um people are willing to help each other out which like you've offered the hot dog containers or many many, <laughs> many times <laughs> Well, yeah, but those can be used repurposed as baguette sandwich containers, right? For but sure. people are willing to help in this group to feed others. And I'm really impressed with the quality of meals people are making. And it's not a, it's not competitive in some you know weird way. Like, I feel like it would almost be like that in New York. There'd be some kind of like competitive aspect of it. <laughs> it you know, it's, it's weird. But here everyone's laid back. Let's just take care of each other. Uh -huh. um, and people yeah. report problems fairly quickly. Like a cord was cut or it's dirty. Can somebody wipe it out? Yeah. I have a lot of respect for that. You know, people are they're not afraid to ask for help and they're going to get it. Somebody you know, with more and more people growing in this group and people are really going to step up. And I love that so much. And it's also like, if you like, for example, if we don't have the time or, you know, we're out of town or something, it's not, it's not a big deal. It's not anybody saying like, well, it was your day. And you know, you have to do this. It's a, everybody helps each other out and we just make together, make sure that there's some food in the fridge and that people are helped. I think the best thing too, is making friends like you all, we really enjoyed your backyard party and my, it's just in meeting new people like we've never spoken with jenna but i always see her on the irish channel page and she and i talk you know and chat every once in a while she's hilarious and oh yeah yeah, yeah. just everybody's like lb i went by her place i got herbs yesterday so meeting she's like oh i remember you she bought something for me so just like <laughs> meeting meeting people in your neighborhood right and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i mean honestly i mean we have it's such a great the irish channel neighborhood it's I, I, people can imagine. I mean, these these mostly you know old. Yours is restored, but Victorian era homes with these porches where we can food drop off, food drop off containers. Somebody does a pickup. We there's a lot of flexibility and flow, uh, and of course generosity with this particular group. I mean, we're really working towards. Somebody has extra something or other, and somebody else can cook it the next day. It's just. It's, it just happens so organically. It's just great. It really is beautiful. Well, my name is Julie Van Kutren, and I actually kind of started doing this before we were fortunate enough to have the fridges, right? So this was, I want to say, sort of right about the time COVID just started. Yeah. We had, um, I'm in Algiers, so we had more of just like a, a pantry, right? Unrefrigerated. Yeah. And lucky it was during the winter when the need really just start, went crazy. And so I was able to cook meals and I would put them in my freezer, freeze them, and then put them in there. So they would still be fresh 
for, for people to come and take. Um, and then also I work with dogs and I have a girlfriend who was cleaning out a big warehouse to do some, I don't know if she's starting a doggy daycare. The warehouse so happened to have been a restaurant supply ah. previous. And so we just got, I mean, mountains, garages and garages and garages full of to-go containers. So it was so easy. Yeah. Um, to really do like the, the struggle sometimes we have right now we need more to go boxes and, and some things like that I just had everything at my fingertips and so I would just start going to the line right I had the time to go stand in the food line yeah. and they knew that I cooked for people the homeless whatever yeah. and so they would just load me up and then they would call me at the end kind of like what I do with cultural aid now and just go home and cook and um Whatever I got in the boxes that day, I would make a post on Facebook. Uh, okay, I can make this recipe if people can donate this. And mountains of food would just come show up at my doorstep. And so, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So it worked out. And now we've got the fridges popping up everywhere. So, it, I mean, it's pretty amazing because a lot of people don't have food right now. Rent's going up and our electric bills are doubling. And I mean, I don't know. I couldn't imagine not being able to feed my kids. Well, Julie, tell me what is in your background that drew you to to this particular piece, this particular kind of service? I think it's just in my nature. I think it's just the way my brain's wired. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. I don't think there's just any one specific incident that... Mm -hmm makes me do or whatever like if I see or what really happened was I met Becky Hicks she was sort of the I, I want to say the director or the, the 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 main person that ran the little box that we have in Algiers and we just became friends and she has some health issues I started shopping for her um since she couldn't get out of the house and it just kind of morphed into what we do now you know what is cultural aid? How does that work? And how do we, what is the, what's the sequence of events? Can you talk? Okay. About so that? yeah, of course I will. Um, cultural aid. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know all the ins and outs of cultural aid. No. I own a cleaning company. She happens to be a client of mine. Mm-hmm. And when I was out sick, she was a new client. My daughter was doing all the work. Well, when I finally got back to work and I went into work when she was there and we just kind of started talking. I told her I do the community fridges and, and whatnot. And she said, well, I'm cultural aid. We do the, the, the one distribution in the city that we still don't ask for ID. We still don't need paperwork, you know, take as much food as you need. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, I, that's awesome because I'll come. And, and I didn't even realize the first time I went, that when I said, she said, just tell me you cook for the fridges. And they wrote bulk on my windshield and they loaded my van so full that <laughs> it's like my transmission wouldn't even hardly. I'm like, this is a, like a lot of weight in my car. <laughs> and so that's just what we're doing now is just I'm going once a week or sometimes twice. They have two events, one on uh, Wednesday, I want to stay at six. Mm-hmm. And then one Saturday morning that runs at 10 in the morning. Um, you definitely want to get out there if you are in need and, uh, you know, go, obviously show up a little bit early because there are days where they will just run out of, of food. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an amazing organization. Um, 
And it's where we're getting a lot of our food that we're sharing with all of our amazing cooks that we now have that have joined up with us. So it certainly helps. (laughs) I also feel like we need to kind of not lose sight of the fact that, okay, yes, we're feeding people that are hungry, but but if you're in that situation, if you're that person that is getting help, it's also a kind of a morale booster for them. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One less thing I don't have to worry about. Some people may not may just think that nobody cares about them. Right. Yeah. And so we're actually showing our community that we know stuff's hard right now. We're going to help you out. You may need to help us out one day, you know, any, any one of us can be in the same situation. One, we're all one hurricane away. One, you know, what house fire one lost job away from being there and needing that food ourselves i completely agree is that no matter where you live in the world or how comfortable you may be at this moment Mm -hmm. you are one disaster away from needing food from a fridge Indeed. And, uh, Indeed. Yep. Please visit our website, angelladymovie.com, to find out more about our guest and our film. 